You know what they say about curiosity. It made my cat bisexual. Welcome to Bear Garden Shuffle. It's a great day today because, uh, as everybody knows, one of the most famous people in the world is now on parole. Phil Spector, pretty excited about that. No, uh, it's O.J. Simpson Day. Um, O.J. Simpson finally just got his parole, which is actually something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. Um, if you want to learn more about O.J. Simpson, there is a podcast where I recorded and told you the truth about his trial. Um, but I'm sure there'll be three more documentaries made about O.J., so we're not going to talk about him too much here. Um, on today's show, I actually want to introduce a good friend of mine. So many of you know my best friend, Tim Johnson, but on today's show, we have James Johnson. Hello. So James, actually, uh, if you guys read earlier in the week, I believe, or next last week, um, the article where I talked about my Medicaid story, and if you're looking for context of that, you can check that on my Facebook or Twitter. He's the one who forwarded me the contact, but James is also, um, in his own right, a musician and that's why i wanted to have him on the show today so we can kind of rap about our creative endeavors so james do you want to give us a little just like bio of your uh band sure um well my name is james but the group that i'm in is called edgewater avenue um it is me uh playing guitar and singing uh my partner music slash life partner, I guess, uh, Jen, plays the upright bass, and we write songs together. And then we have a third player who uh, plays the dobro, just like a slide guitar, and uh, regular guitar as well. And so we uh, are amateur slash semi-professional musicians. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and I, I have heard them play before. They're amazing. I wasn't able to make it out to the last show, but I'm really happy you could be here. So James and I today, we're going to talk a little bit what it's like to, you know, be living a full adult life, but also be trying to uh, follow your creative endeavors. Also, he's going to give us a little bit of a live performance, which will happen later in the show. So I guess I'll just uh, get into it. So I, I feel like we've known each other for over a decade now. Um, you knew me when I was a young, annoying kid. I, I know I remember when we first met each other. We did not like each other. I don't remember when that was. Not, well, I do not. It's not so much that we didn't <laughs> like. It was just like I was a kid and like... You were probably in middle school, I Yeah, I was in middle school. That's when me and Tim had met, and I'd say probably like 7th or 8th grade, I probably met you. That's That sounds about right to me. Yeah, so, so we've seen each other change a lot over the years, you know, yes. emotionally and sexually. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think what uh, like caught me off guard is, you know, one day... Tim, you know, Tim, I always knew was musical. I knew was, your family was, um, you know, very encouraging that. I think I've seen Keith play in, like, you know, church bands. I've seen Tim play. Yeah. But to hear that you had a band that, that kind of, like, took me out of surprise. Like, I had no clue James played. Like, I'd been to your house. I saw a piano. I was like, oh, everybody's just, people just have pianos. <laughs> um, so I had no idea that you were, like, that serious about it. But um, when would you say you, like, what age did you start really getting serious about it? That's funny. I actually was driving up here in my truck and on 95 passing the airport, I wondered, I wonder if he'll ask me when I started playing music and I had <laughs> to think about how old I actually was. <laughs> I think I was 12. Um, my family is now very musical, um, but at that point we were not really musical at all. I mean, we enjoyed music, but um, I never took piano lessons you yeah. know, as like an eight-year-old kid or anything. Um, we were living overseas and we, uh, I guess my parents were kind of looking for some sort of activities for us, 
you know, cultural enrichment sort of things. And um, someone that they knew through a friend of a friend uh, was a drummer and gave drum lessons. And okay. so I, um, my brother Keith and I took drum lessons and I hated it and actually asked if I could not go back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my dad said, no, uh, you can't because we finish you know what we say we'll do you can't just quit like oh this isn't fun anymore yeah and um so uh from there i took about i want to say about three months of drum lessons something like that um and i've never taken another lesson uh since then i started playing pretty much immediately at church playing music yeah um and i played a little bit in college um fool around bands and stuff like that but uh most of my musical experience before adulthood was actually playing at religious or church events um probably the most the largest crowds of people i've ever played to yeah. were actually at <laughs> religious events like 1500 2000 people Jeez. stuff like that yeah that's that's a little unnerving when you're like 15 or 16 yeah but you got the lord on your side yes but when but when you have the lord on your side there's there's no there's no stopping you (laughs) but um i started doing that and then kind of taught myself how to play different instruments as i went and um when uh i guess i hit about 16 or so i'd started teaching myself how to play the guitar and as soon as i got to kind of a baseline level with that uh, my mother actually told me you should sing and i said i don't do that because I'm a really (laughs) awful singer and she said well you know maybe you have a nice voice you should try and since then I've been uh, singing and playing the guitar and went through most of my adult life just kind of doing it as a you know at church or just kind of a side hobby thing and um, attempted kind of writing songs but never really put much effort into it and then at one point in my early to mid thirties, uh, I met, uh, Jen who, who had talked about and, um, I had been looking for someone kind of like a musical partner to try and say, okay, well, if I can't just do this myself and just think of great ideas and songs in my own head, then I should find somebody else because I have certain set of skills and maybe somebody else has quippy lines or, you know, like great ideas and that kind of thing. And so, um, we started doing that and that has kind of taken us to where we're at today so yeah so i mean i it's funny you were saying like you know singing you're like i don't have a great voice i think one of the first things for me that hinted to me like that you were really really into music is i went to a concert with you is the the front bottoms <laughs> and okay uh it's it's funny because today i heard a manchester orchestra song and i got really upset because i remember we went to that show in man Chester Orchestra was playing like 13 minute songs. Yes. And we were, we were just done with it. But, uh, the front bottoms, I remember going to that show and going, wow, this guy's voice is terrible, but in such a great way. He really has almost no singing skill to speak. I know, but but they're really fantastic. It makes, it makes it so much fun to sing his songs. Yes. But I, you know, I think that was another thing I was talking to Tim. He's like, that band. I was like, oh, well, who sings it? James sings. I was like, I've never heard James sing this. Thing. <laughs> but you're actually a very good singer. I, I think you don't give yourself enough credit for it. But at the same time, it's, it's a hard thing to give yourself credit for. It is because it's something, I think it's something that we view as inherently creative. And so we think, I was listening to something on the radio about this the other day where they were talking about uh, robots or computers, I guess, that beat people at chess. Yeah. And they 
have they haven't learned but i mean they they process through millions of possibilities in nanoseconds or whatever and they come up with something that someone who plays chess would say oh well that's very creative and they say well it's not creative it's just one of a million <laughs> different things that they could do and they decided to do that and um so we have this idea that like there's this very special creativity that only humans possess and we think that artistic endeavors are very very like um very very pinpoint precision creativity that you either have or you don't have you're either a creative person or you're not and so it makes it very hard to say well i'm a singer and we say oh are you a singer like like michael bolton or like no i can't <laughs> sing like michael bolton like i don't have that kind of range I, oh okay so you know jen your partner does she sing like Celine Dion or Aretha Franklin are like, no, we don't, we're not quite that good. Oh, so, so you're no good. You're no so good you're not sing. a singer. So you're not a singer or you're a bad singer. Like, no, it, it's, it's just a question of, it doesn't mean your creativity is, is non-existent just because you don't have some sort of orchestra or uh, operatic level voice. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where you do hit a physical limit like you said you can't hit certain ranges yeah. you can teach yourself enough but you're just at some point not going to be michael bolton right but it's so it's one of those things like oh i've never sung i'm never i'm not a singer but you can learn things and you, you never let yourself believe that because it's just like well nobody told me i was a good singer growing up so right. how can i be a good singer well and i never was i you know like when you tell people oh you should try singing like 90% of people or something so oh I can't carry a tune like actually you can you're just not used to listening to your own voice as you sing yeah and recognizing I'm not singing what the person in the radio is singing and <laughs> I need to go higher or lower or whatever but you can't actually teach yourself to do that or take lessons or whatever and and that's kind of a tricky thing because people view musicians and singers as this some some sort of like artistic yeah. mysticism yeah yeah like, like they have something in a, a bottle that no one else has when in fact they they maybe just work really hard at it yeah know? it's like when i look at uh frank ocean it disappeared for like four years but he, he comes out with an album like frank ocean just shows up like he just he just shows up and amazing things happen because he released that he released two albums at once and then he just started releasing like some random songs here and there right and one of the ones he released uh, released recently is like one of my favorite songs now I'm just like <laughs> how do you take four years to make two albums and then just like well I'm just gonna make some more now they're just amazing it's, it's a pretty difficult thing having written original music and trying being in the process and in the place where I'm trying to write more and we're trying to write more it's um it's difficult to find your way in that to figure out how exactly that works like I mean there's all sorts of, um, and it's probably the same in comedy, I would think, but there's all sorts of like, uh, oh, here we go, let me move that. There's all sorts of um, like conferences, you know, like, yeah. oh, well, you can go to this thing and there's all these people, you know, doing their creativity and you can learn from them. Like, well, how do I learn to come up with good ideas? Like, how do I, <laughs> how do I learn to get some sort yeah. of lightning bolt idea? And you have to kind of figure out what works for you with like the discipline of it saying, well, I've had this lightning bolt idea and I need to try and build something out of that now or saying, you know, every Friday night I sit down for two hours and I work on whatever it is that I'm working yeah. on, whether I get 1% further towards my goal or whether I write three songs. Like I just, 
have that routine or that discipline. And that seems to be different for everyone. And so then from the outside looking in, people say, oh, well, so was he writing songs for four years? And, you know, now he just picked all the good ones and threw them <laughs> on an album and, and that's this album? Or did he try for three and a half years to write something and just stared at the wall? And then all of a sudden, six months before yeah. now, he's like, oh, I can do it now again. I would think it's the latter, actually. I feel like knowing what I know of him, he probably scrapped a bunch. But it's, it's funny you say that because... I think it's funny that we were able to link up this time because I'm hitting a real crossroads. And I think this week is one of those weeks where it's it's like, wouldn't it be easier to give up on my dreams? Oh, sure. Yeah. It is. It's really easier because <laughs> then your, your boss never hassles you about it. You just go and do whatever you're supposed to do. And the only person that really cares about it is you. Yeah. I mean, unless there's other people that you've talked to it about and they say, Hey, why are you not doing that? You know, they, yeah. your friends or family or whoever and I, that challenge you. I feel like that. there's a lot of those people and <laughs> they keep harassing Well, you. the problem is it's me. Like I, um, so the, the girl that I recently stopped dating, when I met her, I was like blacked out drunk and she was piecing me together the things I had done to pick her up. And I'm like, how dumb are you that you went for any of these things? But at one point she was like, well, she, you told me you're a stand-up comedian. I was like, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> like, I should be a stand-up comedian. But it's... Did you mumble, like, aspiring? I'm an aspiring yeah. stand-up comedian. <laughs> I don't think the words aspiring and stand-up comedian really go together. Um, but, yeah, it's... Lately, it's been hard. It's, I mean, a lot of things hit me at once, and I'm in, like, kind of a bad mindset as it is. So it's like... Sure even if you cleared everything off my plate, I'd still have some like digging down to do. But I, I had a moment Tuesday where, um, you know, work Monday, my, my boss said, you know, you might be on the promotion track. He said, you're here, you do these things. We'll start talking about it. And it was, it was one of those moments where I was happy for like a minute. And I was like, Oh God, why? Like, why would you tell me that? I could get promoted into another <laughs> to direct other people who are in my soul yeah and job. i remember you know just having this feeling of pressure like it's not going to happen but then the next day looking at new apartments that were nicer <laughs> and then i'm we had this huge issue and i was logged in both last night and tuesday night but tuesday night i was logged into like 10 30 and uh it just wasn't working or it was like only nine but it was, it, the data wasn't working somebody fucked our whole system like the whole company got fucked um so i can swear yeah you can oh, swear yes. as much as you want um awesome. so and i was sitting there and i just because of everything that's been going on right now i literally had this moment where i was like i gotta cancel with james i, I can't have him on the pocket and i started even thinking of saturday i was like saturday is the worst day of my life and it was just like <laughs> nothing had happened yet and it wasn't even that hard like literally what would happen is i put some things in this like stupid computer system thing right i'd walk away i come back it wouldn't work and i'd be like what the fuck like i was just frustrated <laughs> but i wasn't doing anything this is the worst and i i think this is one of those weeks where I think about comedy and stuff. I'm like, when the hell, if I'm reacting this badly to like, just this, like how am I going to do comedy? But I have had trouble with the discipline. And I think, you know, friends have told me, you know, yeah, we'll just get in a small routine. And one friend in specifically, who probably listens to the podcast said, um, you know, 30 minutes a night, just do 30 minutes a night. It's manageable. Of like writing. Yeah. It doesn't okay. need to be good, but you dedicate yourself yeah. to it. And, I basically found out that I was just having like high anxiety. Like 
at the idea of writing anything, I got real tensed up. Right. And I'd be paralyzed, basically. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I'll reveal it now. I'm, as of two weeks ago, I'm doing it with a therapist now, finally. That's a good thing. Yeah, and it's something that's been needed to be done. And I'm telling this lady, like, you know, I want to be a comedian, but I also want to get a promotion and just forget, just keep buying shit until it exactly. fills the holes inside of me. <laughs> Um, but she's I, writing furiously yeah. through all this, like, hmm. And she's like, you know, oh, well, like, you know, Philly's got a good stand-up scene. And I was like, yeah, I tried it. I bombed in it already. And then she's like, well, there's improv. And I was like, I think I need a new therapist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. You, I, you said, no, no, comedy. Yeah, no, I want to make people funny. laugh, not make people, like, <laughs> chuckle, then feel kind of sad. I went to, I actually went to an improv show in Philly. It's one of the better ones. And I was having, like, a good time right but anytime one of the, the older people told a joke and even if it sort of landed it was just like what are you doing here <laughs> you know this is and i was like they're probably having fun this is probably like great for them. this is probably like the yeah. highlight of their week and i was like i need you to quit on your dreams i need that for <laughs> me i'm that selfish that i need you to quit on your dreams is it possible you could fail so that i don't feel so bad <laughs> yeah and i was like this could be me i don't want to be uh, this but I think what I've been talking about as a therapist is there's there's two Cody's. There is that guy who's just like, I'm willing to be a workaholic, you know, right? get the promotions and stuff like that. And then there's the, I want to be creative. And, you know, I'm having trouble connecting those two people. And what I'm afraid of is one point I'm going to be 45 years old. And I'm like, I should have done that. I'm going to go join improv now and be like <laughs> Michael Scott, you know, just every single CD pulls out a gun. Right. I don't want to be that guy. But... You know, seeing you always makes me feel better. And maybe, you know, we'll get more into your story. and It won't. I don't know. Uh, but We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I at least see you, though. And even though it's... I, the vibe I get, and you can confirm it, is this isn't something you're like, this is going to be my job full-time anytime soon. No. There's I mean, no way. I, I mean, r- realistically, I have a mortgage. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> bills, like, I would have to... I would have to make... We would have to make twice what we make and do it four or five nights a week. You gotta come up with the new Gangnam style. That's what, oh, you need. <laughs> that's what you need. I need. I need something. Maybe some sort of improv show or something. Yeah. No, you, some yeah, but fresh idea. But um, but at least when I see you, like regardless of what my goals are, I see someone you know who is working a full time job and then doing shows. Right. I'm working a full-time job and I come home and I'm exhausted, but it's like mental exhaustion. You know, I'm not, I'm not working outside all day and it is a little hard with the puppy. Like I'll admit this isn't the best time for it. You know, I take her to the dog park and stuff. She'll get older though. And you know, I've gotten an argument with my father recently. He's like, you know, you need to get rid of this dog. You know, you're, you're not living your life. You're not getting out there. You're always stressed about it. Can't just get rid of dogs. Yeah. And I also try to tell him though, it's like where I am right now, if I get rid of the dog, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be right. outside. It might just make me feel more guilty and so upset. There, there's more space on the floor in the yeah. corner. You're like, oh, cool. I can lay over there and cry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it still smells like dog piss over here. This is a great spot for it. But it's it's been difficult because I start thinking, you know, I don't want to go back to having like $4 in the bank account too. Yes. That's an awful, awful place to be. Yeah. And... If you really, really want to do comedy, what you should do is find somebody who has a very comfortable couch in the middle of Brooklyn and (laughs) just start doing comedy every night. And I think there was points where I was there, and now I'm like, you either need to 
do it or there's no going back. And I'm getting closer to that point. Like my 24th birthday, it's not old, but I had like a quarter life crisis. Like, <laughs> no, I know. 24 years is a long time. Yeah. Because especially when I think about comedy, I could have started doing it at 16 and then there's an excuse. Well, oh, well, you're not going to let you in anywhere until you're 18. Then you're 18. You're like, well, when I turn 21, I'm getting to bars. And then you turn yeah, 21. Yeah, I'm going to hit the scene when I'm 21. Yeah, 21. Like, well, let me graduate from college like, and you know, get a job go a little bit. And then right. I'm 24 and I'm like, the, what excuse? I, the dog, I guess. That's my right. new one. I have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I why? guess that's crushed all my hopes and dreams. And Cody, why, for the why do your jokes suck? I have a dog. I have a dog, so I don't have time <laughs> yeah. for anything, really. Yeah. And people know me, like, they'll... They'll be the first to tell you, like, he stresses about the dog way too much, but I stress about everything too much, and right. that's why I want to be a comedian, is so I can force my anxieties into a crowd of people, turn their nervous laughter into some of my own confidence. Because I, I feel like right now with the dog, it is kind of like that dating someone in college thing, where, like, when you're with them, you're like, this is great, and then when you're not with them, you're like, I should be banging drunk chicks. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> like I really should just be out there and, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to, like, make excuses. Nothing is going wrong. Yes, that but is a good... That is a very salient point to say no, nothing bad is actually happening. Like, I have a place to live. I have a job. I have, you know, there's food. Well, maybe there's food in the fridge. I don't know. But like, Not right now, but no, there we, was food in the there fridge. There was food in the fridge. <laughs> On Sunday, was food in the yeah. fridge. Around Tuesday, it was gone. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not living... Like, uh, you're not living, like, an episode of, what's that HBO show? Crashing. Entourage. Well, Entourage, yeah. <laughs> right. You're not, like, living some sort of glamour superstar life, but you're like, well, my bills are paid, and yeah. I have a job, and, you know, I have friends, and people generally like me, yeah. and, you know, I have free time to do what I please with. I don't have to work three jobs, like, to keep the lights on and stuff. And that sometimes is actually very good to think about and be like, well, actually, you know. My life is not terrible. I mean, that doesn't mean you're completely fulfilled, like in every area of your life. Yeah. But you know, it's 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 kind of worth remembering sometimes some context, I guess. But but I'm also not any kind of um, expert on anything, really. <laughs> so, well, I think what's just missing is the focus. I mean, you came over here. I set up this podcast equipment. What five minutes? It. I not even five. Yeah, it probably half of it was spent looking for the cord. Like where yeah, the, cord? I, the cord that I threw on the bed. <laughs> on your can, bed. It's not hard, and I think this is a good medium for. It's on my time. Yeah. You know, when I get an idea, I think it's been hard to focus on it because I'm still still trying to find my way. Right. You know, like when I get like an episode like this, I get really excited about it. But then I have to like get you in. Like I don't. I don't like doing episodes alone, especially because my exposure distance isn't as far but um there's other weird times where i'm like well podcasting like it won't catch on until my other stuff catches on so i look yeah. for like comedy partners and I, i'm writing 100%. with some people and stuff but like i haven't done anything yet where it's just like damn this is my avenue like right. i'm gonna run up because with comedy there's a lot of ways to go sure and like writing TV or writing movies or yeah. podcasting and, or stand-up or improv or all different sorts of... And things, I think right? when I was younger, I was like, it was stand-up or bust. Right. And I love writing stand-up. I really don't like performing. It's not performance anxiety either. It's like, I hate getting up there and feeling that I have to play a character of myself. 
I understand what you're saying with that. Yeah, like practicing it 30 times and it comes out exactly how I want. And, you know, nerves play a part, but getting up there and going, oh, that's, that didn't deliver the right way. Like if I just said it this way, and I've only done it three times. And the last right. time I did it was at a bar a couple blocks from here. It was a Sunday night at like one in the morning when they put me on. Because I kept getting bumped prime for time. everybody's friend. Yeah. It's prime time. Seven guys are out there. Some of the jokes landed. And then the next guy used his five minutes to roast me for wearing, like, I don't know why I had done this stylistic choice of wearing flip-flops with jeans. I just happened to that one night for the first time in my life. And, right. And um, he got on me about that. He got on me about, I told a joke about not having sex. And he was like, good-looking white guy like you. You should have. <laughs> That's the thing, though. This guy cracked me up. It was hilarious. It sounds, it sounds like his abuse of you was pretty funny. I thoroughly enjoyed it but it's like you walk out of a bar 1 30 in the morning right you're like i just performed to seven people and didn't even kill to those seven people it's sunday night i have to wake up at seven to drive to my job in delaware i live in philadelphia it yeah, was like no, it was one of those yeah. moments where it's like this ain't it like <laughs> right but i would love to be and you know now that i can't do it as much right. with the dog stuff it's always like man, how cool would it be every night just to hang around the comedy clubs and then go do a couple of minutes? Like, I still write <laughs> jokes sometimes. Right. But I think what I really want to do, I'd like to write for shows, but you don't, you can't just jump in writing shows. Like, no, HBO isn't putting out, like, show writing in turn. Right. There's no door that you line up at where yeah. you're like, okay, give us three jokes. If they're funny, we'll let you in, and you can write for whatever. Yeah, so SNL is not accepting my... Uh, but I think sketch comedy is the, the route to do it. And I'm putting out some stuff now, but it's just... I haven't made my schedule very like salient to that fact. Like the therapy, I don't know what I was thinking when I picked Saturday at noon for my therapy <laughs> session. No, that's a good time because you know there's there's nothing else you need your free time. Yeah, <laughs> meet a girl Friday night. We'll go to brunch Saturday morning. Like, oh, I gotta go. It's like, do you uh, not it was like really me? nice to eat with you, but I actually have to go see my therapist. I gotta now. go talk to somebody about how sleeping with you is somehow connected to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but. But it's, definitely call me. And yeah. definitely will. <laughs> yeah, and it's just I'm in like a weird place right now where I think I'm 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 getting better and I'm starting to feel like, you know, okay, I'm getting some direction. I know some things I want to do, but then when I just think about comedy, it's just this cloud that hangs over me and I feel like I failed before I started. Right. And uh, yeah. I don't know, it's it's so weird to see something you love and it just brings you pain, but it's like, how do you fail at something you didn't? I'm not, like I said, I'm not any kind of expert. I'm, um, I never finished college. So you've got that on me. <laughs> you're not divorced. So you're, you're two and oh, at this if point. I could get anybody to stay around <laughs> long enough to get a divorce. Well, I don't know. I mean, check in with your therapist. Maybe she's available. Yeah, um, maybe. Um, that's why I'm not a stand up comedian. <laughs> there was no laughing. The, um, I remember thinking I years ago, so I'm 35, yeah, now. So I want to say probably about 10 years ago, something like that, I, I went through this period where I was, like, recording music, and I was like, okay, I'm going to record these covers, and I was doing everything. Like, I'd play the guitar and sing, and then I'd play electric guitar, I played some bass, and I'd put piano parts in, and I was, like, really trying to do all this stuff myself, and... and in the limited time I had, you know, create like an actual finished product, right? Yeah. Like saying, well, I want it to sound like this. And so I have some kind of roadmap in my head, you know, I'm going towards some sort of finished item. And, um, I wrote some songs and 
looking looking back on them they weren't actually really all that bad like the writer me now would be like well you know it's not finished but it's i wouldn't throw it away but i i i I literally literally threw these songs away like i don't remember the words because they were written down on paper that i ripped up and threw in the trash and so they're gone forever essentially um and I got really, really frustrated with that and, and just didn't do that for a long time. And I remember one of my fears when I said, okay, well, I'm going to start trying to write music because I had kind of found a style and a genre that I was like, that's what I want to do, you know, because I, I've always been interested in lots of different types of music. And, um, you know, it's it's like, okay, well, what type of music do you play? So, well, everything. I mean, I like... Like you mentioned, the front bottoms. I, I love that kind of stuff, but I do not play in a rock and roll band. <laughs> I would love to, but I, I don't. And um, so I was very anxious about like, okay, well, I have an idea of what I want to do, but I don't have any ideas. And say, okay, well, now I have an idea, but I don't know if it's any good. And I remember um, at one point we had written two songs, I think. Yeah, too. And they actually sound much different now than they did back then. I mean, like, as you do them over... And music is just by its nature repetitive. I mean, yeah. you, you're doing, even gig by gig, I'm doing this, not in the same order all the time or whatever, but I'm playing the same songs. And so they've changed even now in, you know, just a couple of years, they, they sound different. And in some places, you know, I've substituted words or, or whatever. But I remember getting ready. We were playing um, at an open mic night at Argila uh, yeah. Brewing Company. And I had been going there for years, um, drinking their beer and eating their pizza. I couldn't say that place is amazing. They do have great beer and, um, and great pizza as well. But I had never really kind of ventured out into that. I, I was frankly very kind of insecure about it, which is kind of odd um, because you think, well, and, and people, you know, probably tell you the same thing. Like, well, you're really funny. Like, well, that's great. But, you know, that being being funny, the people who are listening but can't see me, I'm doing air quotes. Being funny doesn't mean that you're you know, that what you have will translate to some sort of stand-up comedy or whatever. Yeah. But, well, you're really talented. Okay, well, that's different than, you know, going up in front of people and saying, I wrote this song. And um, I was getting ready to do that and thinking, well, what, you know, what's that going to be like? Will anyone like it? And and I don't know exactly. My, my memory is very poor anyway. But um, I don't know if it was something Jen said to me or something we talked about together, but it was just kind of came to this point where it was like well i like it you know i like doing it and um you know if no one ever wants me to sing on a stage and pay me for it like you can go all the way to the extreme and so well if i never become a writer for a television show like i'll probably survive yeah okay you know if i never become a full-time working musician you know, putting out albums and touring for a living, then that's, you know, not the end of the world because I don't do that now. Yeah. Um, if, if I never become a local, you know, local legend or whatever, that's probably fine. Like, 
okay well then you take another step back and, and eventually you go back to like well if i never if they don't like this that's okay because i like it yeah you know and and um and that for me was kind of the point where i said okay well that was kind of freeing emotionally for me um and i think comedy is is somewhat the same as music if you're writing your own so if you're not just performing on a television show but if you're actually writing it you're putting parts of yourself into it and yeah. people inevitably ask you oh that shit's real yeah like like that really happened to you and then you say well you know yeah some of it some of the songs are are stories of parts of my life yeah, and certainly. some of them are completely made up and some of them are characters that are not yeah. real or probably hybrids of the two yeah, you know people that are part me and part some dude i met once or whatever <laughs> and it i i just i don't know I, I i remember back to the first time where somebody said that was really great i really liked um the story of that song and i was like oh okay because i had always i had never gone down the i thought i had never gone down the artistic side of music because i thought i'm more like a technician yeah. i can play all these different instruments i can do all these different things but if somebody said i mean i remember telling jen i can orchestrate an entire program or you know write all these different parts for all these different instruments for you know an entire set or whatever and tell everyone what it is they're supposed to do but if somebody said we re we need an original idea. What should we sing about? I'd be like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> do that kind of thing. But I remember the first time somebody said, I really liked, you know, the story. I really liked the writing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Somebody actually connected with what I did. They weren't like, um, you know, oh, hey, you you know, your guitar playing's crazy good. I'm like, I don't really care if anybody thinks because I'm not really a great guitar player. But, like, you know, it doesn't really matter to me if somebody thinks my guitar playing's great. But when somebody says, you know, that expression of your feelings or the retelling of what happened in your life yeah. or, uh, you know, that story that you created out of thin air, you know, that that really connected with me. I really enjoyed that. And I just took the one thing and I said, they said they really liked it like that. It was very, very encouraging to, to hear someone say, you should keep doing that. That's really good. And um and and I think that was kind of the point where I said, okay, well, and and it's not like I, it was some sort of epiphany and, and songs have just exploded yeah. out of me since then because they haven't. I think we've written 11 originals now. Okay. Wow. And they're all different in the sense that most of them, Jen had some sort of idea and I kind of put it to music and then we worked together on lyrics. There's only one of them, I think, that I wrote all myself okay but at some point you know i said okay well i enjoy doing this and it brings me pleasure i mean yeah you know it, it it brings me satisfaction and and whatever and um you know i mean if if people want to hear that that's great because it's something i enjoy doing and um and at that point there's almost no pressure to um, present something that's pleasing to people like yeah you know, well what if they don't like it well, like well you know 
there's 300 million people <laughs> in this country. There's bound to be somebody yeah. that won't like my voice or won't like it. They say, well, those words are dumb. Oh, okay, well, thanks for coming. I guess I don't yeah. know. And um, I know that's not like deep insight or anything, but it, it, it kind of just, I guess, I guess it was kind of like learning to ride a bike and then you fell off of it, but then you realized you're riding it, yeah. you know, and somebody was like, hey, look at you, you're riding a bike, great job. And you're like, oh, well, I like riding a bike, so I'll, I'll yeah. keep riding it just for the sake of riding it. Yeah, and I see a lot of similarities, because like with comedy, it's you write what makes you laugh. Right. And, you know, in any artistic thing, you just have to keep producing, and I think that's where I failed, but... I think a little bit with comedy too, it's, it's hard sometimes because you write what makes you laugh, but then if you don't go out and get that instant feedback, is this actually funny? You're not really going to hear it from yourself again. Music, you, you could record, you can kind of mm-hmm. listen to yourself and you right. get the enjoyment whether you like the song or not. But I can't really say a joke out loud and then laugh at my joke. Like it doesn't right. work that way. Right. But I, I think what really drew me to podcasting and what I still really love about it is I'll record something and I'll listen to it and I'll laugh. Because I, I, you know, I, I kind of black out while I'm doing a show. I don't remember the moment. Right. And then I'm start laughing at it. And, you know, I'm a little bit like you. I feel like I'm always technical with comedy. Like I'm too much of a student of the game to actually yeah. like be outside of the barriers of it. So when I'm like recording and then editing, I like the editing part, even though that's not really the comedy right. part at all. But I can laugh at my own stuff. And I think where I, I'm just having these problems now it's just i i told myself too early on that i need to be the greatest comedian of all time <laughs> and you know what that's not easy <laughs> right but then i recorded one of the episodes i think it's still the most popular episode i have according to you know listens is the one where it's escape the roommate where i just talk to my old roommates and i literally say that was fantastic why am i a bad roommate yeah <laughs> people came up to me at my five-year high school reunion and we're telling me about it. people that I was like, you listen to my podcast. Why? Five year high school reunions yeah, we, exist. Yeah, I mean, we went to a smaller school, so it was like, you know, right. a friend of mine put it together, and it was actually really fun. I'm like, glad he did. At first, I was kind of like that, but I was glad he did it. People coming up to me though, like people I had hardly, if never, talked to in high right. school, like I like your podcast. And I'm like, why? I don't. I, I. It didn't hit me until you know the views racked up, and then I put out something else, and people wouldn't listen to it much. And at first, I was just like. Oh, well, because that one had five people on it. We're promoting it like crazy. But then I started realizing, too, it was like, one, I'm putting out a show once a month at best. So I'm like, anybody, any momentum I gain, I've lost. Right. Um, But then, two, like, what this show was supposed to be is a little bit directionless. Like, I wanted it that way where it's a little bit just, it can go in any direction because I've got a lot of fun things I want to do. And Mm -hmm. that's the part of do what you want to do. Yeah. So I'm not going to say this is a music podcast. I'm not going to say this is... We're going to talk about alcohol or politics or something right. like that. We're going to do the fun thing I want to do, but sometimes it does feel a little forced. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, right now we're just having a nice conversation. Those roommate episodes, those are just nice conversations. It's me, me putting myself into it, and that's what the first episode, like the very first preview episode is. You're going to get me. That's what I'm selling you is me. It's not that you're going to come in with this topic that you thought you were going to hear or right. you thought you were actually going to get, like, useful information no i'm going to talk about oj simpson and read directly from his wikipedia page which you could have done yourself <laughs> you could do yourself but you have an internet i gave but my like part of it too. too and i think the oj episode makes me laugh still like if i go back and listen to that one <laughs> and i think now i'm starting to build where i've got some podcasts i like right. i got some i don't like it's just 
can I get someone to come in with me and say, I, I, want, I got this idea and I don't want to do it alone. I don't right. want to just talk to my alone. Because that's when it's like, you got to produce. You got to be on. Some people can do that. They're great at it. Sure. I think at times I've been, but it's, it's a very rare form. Well, it's tough because you're, you're kind of, well, I mean, I'm sitting here in your apartment and if you were here alone, you'd, I mean, the dog would be laying over in the crate and you'd just be sitting in front of the computer just talking to yourself. Yeah. Which is hard. I tried it on Sunday. I told you that. Like I tried right. recording on Sunday. It came out horrible. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just difficult and it's different. And, um, I think that anytime that people are giving you feedback, like, I mean, we, I've been places, it's funny that you would say, you said forced, like it feels forced. Like I know when, when we play music, it's generally somewhere between like an hour and a half and like three hours, three hours is a long ass time. Yeah. Like even if you take breaks and stuff, it, you know, if you're playing kind of at a restaurant or a bar or whatever, and you're starting and there's people there eating dinner. And then by the time you're done, people are there like just drinking with their friends or there's no one there or whatever. Like it is a really, really, really long time. And it's a really long time to be waving your arms yeah. in a guitar motion like I'm doing now. And the people come and go. So it's like oh, people, you know, they walk out past you and you just like smile at them and they're like, yeah. hey, you know, just kind of wave at you. And, and, and I know that there's been specific times where, you know, like you said, you, you kind of like, you're almost outside of yourself and I'm, I can like look down at myself singing and playing and be like, okay. And I'm singing words to songs I've written or had a hand in writing. Yeah. And I'm kind of like looking around the room. I check the clock, you know, to like yeah. see what time. And I'm like, oh, thank Christ. Only 40 minutes left to go. Like, man this is getting long, you know, yeah. oh, we're almost there. And then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it's nine 45. That's great. So two, three more songs and, and, and we're done, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you find yourself saying, oh, well, I just have to force myself to, you know, to finish it through to the end. And I don't know that that discipline is necessarily a bad thing, um, all the time, but I think that a lot of it to me just came down to taking um, feedback that people give and saying, okay, well, you know, hey, that person liked it. And uh, I remember Jen had told me right in the beginning um, something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, something to the effect of, you know, you, you play the same show uh, for three people or 300 people, you know, that, that you should have energy and enjoy what you're doing and 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 all that kind of thing and um we it's funny we went to uh this place called merchant bar in um wilmington on main street and it's a really nice bar it's a pretty nice bar and um i was having dinner with my two brothers and my dad when they were in town and i ran into um this guy who i had met through a friend of a friend who had booked us for a show at this bar kind of out of the back of Trolley Square, right next to Galluccio's. It's called Halligan Bar. Okay. So we went and we played for three hours that night and we made $32. Woo! Which, there's three of us, so it didn't make any Do difference. Do the math, it that's $45 <laughs> each, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it was, there was nobody there. I mean, we, we did this guy a favor 
because they're trying to put music in yeah. at this bar. And they didn't have a sound system either. And so we schlepped all our shit out there. Yeah. And I spent, you know, 40 minutes plugging things in and yeah, putting yeah. speakers on stands and all this stuff. And the people that were there was the guy that booked us to do the show and his friends <laughs> who he literally bought pizza for yeah. like so that they could stay there and eat and keep drinking so that there was people <laughs> there. Yeah. And so I ran into this guy uh, at this other bar and he said, oh, it's funny. I ran into you, you know, um, uh, we're, we're here, me and the people, the two people that own the company that he works part time for booking stuff. He said, we're here. We're talking to the owners about uh, putting music in here. And they said they wanted to do some kind of like uh, bluegrass or country sort of thing. And I said, oh, man, I know just just the group. We just heard these guys and they're great. They got lots of energy. They play really great originals. They have these covers that are kind of a little left to center. They're either different than the songs were originally made or they're kind of obscure ones that most people don't know. And they're they're really great. They'll fit, you know, they'll fit really well. And he's like, it's so weird because you're here. And I was, you know, he turns around and points and said, I was, I was literally just talking to these yeah. people about you. And I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, just let me know what date. And so I like wrote it on my hand or something. Yeah. And I said, I said, yeah, you know, just send me an email. I would love to do it. And so we played the first time that they had live music there. And it was bananas. The place was packed and there was yeah. people all over. And it was super, super, super fulfilling. And for us, we don't have a drummer. And so it's not a rock band per se, yeah, yeah. but when the energy is really high, it's, you know, you're like, wow, look at those people there. There's just a couple of instruments and they're, they're ripping through these songs They're It's, it's almost, I, you know, we try and shoot for like a, not punk music, but almost like a punk energy to it. Yeah, yeah. It's just almost frantic kind of energy that, that makes people pay attention. And yeah. it makes it more fun. It, it makes it enjoyable, you know, and, um, you know, at least for, for me, for what we do. And uh, so we had this first night there and it was great. And we made, well, to be, I keep saying we made, to clarify, um, we do not do it for the money. Yeah. It's, it's, that would be an awful, awful reason to do it. I'm lucky enough and you're lucky enough. You know, a lot of people are lucky enough that we have like full-time jobs. Yeah. And like you said, that presents challenges but you know with your time and you know you're tired at the end of the day because i've been using my brain all day yeah well some people don't think i use my brain all day but you know i've been working all day and then to go do something like this and to try and be kind of on, your most yeah. aware your most uh the most energy yeah on to yeah. be to be on at nine thirty-five or 10 o'clock at night like after you've worked for nine hours or something that's really difficult but for us music out is you know you generally most bars part of the deal is you drink for free so yeah. we go out we do something we enjoy together you know it's a shared hobby playing songs that we enjoy or playing songs that we wrote that we you know that we feel yeah. strongly about you know doing presenting your art to people um and if we make a little money it's great and yeah. we usually spend it on like Chinese food on the <laughs> way home or whatever. Yeah, but you just earned it. You know, you, you, get know, little... you say, hey, look at that. We, and we made some cash. Yeah. Cool. Had, had a couple beers, hung out together, made some cash, had a nice time. And um, so we, we went back there because they send me an email. He says, oh, man, they loved you. You know, this was great. You want to come back? Yeah, 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 we want to come back. So we go back there. And it was just the other night. 
last week, Thursday, I think it was. It was yeah. like a thousand degrees. Yeah, I, I couldn't. It was so hot. I couldn't make it to the show. I think uh, Amy and Taylor did that, yes. right? Yeah. Amy and Taylor did, which was fantastic because when Amy and Taylor walked in, there was one singular person Ooh. who had just walked in and had just come back from smoking a cigarette. They came in, they ordered a rum and coke and they were like we don't have you know we don't have bacardi here and she was oh. like whatever brown liquor works and i was like and so we're about ready to start at eight o'clock and there's literally not a single person in the place yeah. and i said well you know we'll never get to the end if we don't start at the beginning we might as well yeah. just play the first song and let's go and um it was dead as a doornail the entire night there was just nobody there there's a couple people that wandered in and they got drunk and then they were like you're great and i was like yeah that's that's nice but cool. i'd rather have it be 30 people who just said oh, you know that was okay yeah <laughs> but like at some point there's just varying degrees of success you know like you'd mentioned you know well i went and i did the stand up and it just bombed it's like well yeah I mean, I've had gigs where, like, I forgot the words to songs I've written. Yeah. So, like, if you'd written a joke <laughs> and you're, like, you know, about to get to the punchline and people are, like, what the fuck's the punchline? You're, like, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> so I, I've never done that, but at one time I forgot the next joke and had to insert a really racist one that I couldn't remember. <laughs> and the two black women at the front were not happy about That's it. But so good. Everybody else laughed at it. So, it's, like, it was just an, it was, like, for me, I can, if I can remember the starter joke, I can always finish it. Right. Well, I'm normally good with most things, but one thing I forget sometimes is words, even to songs we've written. And <laughs> that's sometimes frustrating and sometimes embarrassing. But, like, you know, there, there have been nights where it's just, you know, I don't generally play something wrong on my instrument. But sometimes I'm just off and I'm not yeah. playing very well or I'm tired and, you know, I forget words to something or whatever. And it's like at the end of it, there's this um, kind of uh, tendency or desire to, like, do a postmortem on it. So, yeah. okay, all the shit's in the truck. All right, let's sit down and have a beer and talk about how bad everything was. Yeah. And it's I've just gotten to the point now where I say, oh, well, you know, it could have been better. Yeah. Who wants a drink? I just yeah. to decide just came to grips with the fact that not every time, even though we're doing the same songs, yeah. you know, like I said, not in the same order or whatever, but you're playing song. I'm playing songs that I've played hundreds of times that I can play in my head without actually moving, yeah. you know, my fingers. Like I know everything that's supposed to happen that everyone is supposed to do. And it doesn't turn out quote like as well as it should or it did the last time and it's like oh well well it just didn't go as well you know makes well, sense get yeah. it the next time i guess and i think that kind of the uh the successful in as much as local musicians are successful <laughs> the successful local musicians that i have seen and talked to and and have marginal relationships they just they just keep on going and they say, you know, oh, well, you know, didn't go as well, but maybe it'll go better next time. And that's not the same sort of discipline as saying, you know, well, it's six o'clock and at six o'clock I turn off the TV and I grab my notepad and I start writing and I write until 630. 
it's not that same kind of discipline, but it's almost like a mental discipline Yeah. to say, I'm going to not allow um, outcomes, perceived outcomes. And, you know, we filter the outcomes through, I'm tired because I've been working too much yeah, yeah. or, you know, I'm, I'm bummed out because I had a fight with my girlfriend or, or I broke up or, or yeah, whatever, yeah. like all this shit that you have going on, like, you know, oh, well, that kind of colors our perceptions of the outcome anyway. And it's almost like a, a mental um, discipline to say, I'm not going to judge the outcome on some sort of, you know, rating system or on a scale yeah, of one to a yeah. hundred or what, like, well, how good were we tonight? Well, like an 85, like, well, we've done in the nineties before we really should do better. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's just a fool's errand. You'll just end up hurting your head and yeah. hurt. And, and then it just makes it no fun. Yeah. Like I just, we got to the point where I, we do it. I do it because it's fun because it's something I enjoy because I like sharing the art that we've created or want to share with people. And, um, that's just, you know, something where that's, you know, I just, I don't say, oh, I don't give a shit if people don't like it or not. Because like you said, with comedy, like, it's great that you laugh at it, but like people generally think it's funny if they laugh yeah, at it. Yeah. Like, no one's going to be like, that guy looks like he's having a great time. He <laughs> must be funny. Yeah. I can get bombs before I go on stage. Yeah. Go bombs. Yeah. Just talk to yourself and make yourself laugh and people are like, what the hell is that guy doing? Yeah. But you know, to just try not to look at it as like a, a, a linear, I don't know what it would be. Uh, yeah. Statistical outcome. Yeah. Know? No, I got you. So I, I guess this, this will be my last question before. Oh Christ. I've talked for a long time. Nah, it's just getting a little hot in here. You well, know, got to record without the AC. On I guess we'll just have to take clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that on the podcast before. It's been <laughs> done. Um, so I, I guess when I was talking about, you know, there's two versions of me, do you feel that harmony between those two James or do you have like music James and, you know, day to day James? It's funny. Um, I have a tendency to close my eyes when I sing. Right. So I've been told by multiple people, hey, open your eyes. <laughs> right. Smile well, for the camera. Right. <laughs> Essentially. You know, I mean, it. it it's funny, like in this big city, there's tons of people who do art, right? Yeah. There's a bazillion college kids. There's people in University there. of the Arts. Like it's yes, a whole school like, you can go to. Right. There's all these people who do art and, and I work perform. At advertising agency. It's like people's job where I right around me. Right. But you're doing of art. Some people will say that it matters. I would argue that it doesn't matter if no one is watching. Like if yeah. you're in a performance art and you're performing except no one cares, then you should maybe look at what it is that you're <laughs> doing to maybe make people want to watch or listen or whatever. And so I said, okay, you know, well, I, you know, I need to start. Yeah, I get that. Okay. So I'll try and open my eyes. Oh, well, you need to smile more. I said, well, yeah, I kind of, I mean, you see it right now. When I talk to people, I, I usually look like up and away to the left. And so that's not necessarily engaging all the time. Yeah. You know, say, oh, wow, look at this great band. That guy's got his eyes closed and he's like staring at the floor and singing <laughs> to the ground or something. Bob I don't know. Up here yeah. On. Yeah. And somewhere in between that and this like Bono thing where I'm like, hey, you know, like pointing yeah. at people <laughs> and shit. They're like, no, that doesn't stop invading <laughs> people's space. You're here to play music and please people, not like yeah. get all up in their face. But um, 
somewhere in the middle there's like a stage persona and it is it is different than me at home i would say it's different than me at work which is also different than me at home um but that doesn't make it not me i've just i think accepted that in certain facets of my life certain parts of my personality come out i'm i well i try to be Jen will probably say I'm not very funny on stage, but I try to be funny <laughs> yeah. and kind of like gregarious on stage and make little quips that kind of make people chuckle or whatever yeah. because nobody wants to go somewhere to have a couple drinks with their friends and there's some dude talking about, you know, the extinction of whales and, you know, where yeah. are all the bees going and all this stuff. Or alternatively, just be a jukebox who just right. plays. Right, You know, yeah, one song after the other just, you know, like, is that a radio? I, yeah. I don't, when are they stopping? Yeah. And I've just kind of come, I, and it, that for me, I had to kind of think about that a lot and think, am I being false? Am I portraying something that's not actually me? Yeah. Like, am I, am I trying to pretend to be an entertainer or a musician or whatever, yeah. you know, so that people will like my music? And, um, I mean, I'm still learning that. That's kind of yeah, still definitely. a process, but I've come to a place where I said, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy myself and I'm going to enjoy presenting the art that I've either written or things that I want to share people with people, you know, other people's songs that we play. Um, I'm going to enjoy that in a way that's enjoyable to me. I'm going yeah. to do it in a way that's good for me. And so... I have all these like weird little ticks. I fiddle with the microphone. I, I stomp my foot, you know, in like a certain way or whatever. Yeah. And that's just, it's not me putting on a thing. It's just me doing it the way that I want to do it. Yeah. And, and it is difficult when you have this kind of quote normal life where you're like, I get up, I drink coffee, I go to work, I drive kids to school. Like, you know, I do all these like normal people things and then say, okay, but tonight I have a gig. And tonight, yeah. and I do, I have special, not special clothes. I mean, I wear them other times <laughs> as well, but like. You wear I, your nice black leather pants. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, well, Jen has a pair of black leather pants. I have a certain look that I always have. I almost always wear some sort of cowboy shirt because those are the shirts I like to wear. I always wear jeans. I always wear some sort of boot. I wear boots almost every day. Yeah. I wear jeans almost every day, but I always do a certain thing because that's the way that I do my art. Yeah. And, and that kind of goes back to that idea of like, well, can you be that artist when you're also this normal person? Like, can I do that at the same time, you know, in the same day, you know, yeah. in the same life? Can I, can Definitely. I create after I had to, you know, load the dishwasher? yeah you know like well that's for me like oh i just approve a bunch of people's expense reports now i have to go talk about anal sex like that's right like yeah. in a humorous way in a fun way which is ridiculous because anal sex is all business and serious <laughs> it's all business <laughs> yeah all business and no pleasure uh, yes exactly for neither of the parties <laughs> no but i i you know i get that and i think that's what turned me off from stand-up and i think someday i'll go back to stand-up i just wanted to get they say i think takes five years to find your voice in stand-up, which is a long time. That is a really long but time. Yeah, but that's not like going up and like, I'm going to talk like this. Not that kind of voice. No, it's, it's voice like, how 
how do I do this? Like, you know, one of my favorite comedians, Mike Birbiglia, right. he, he's a storyteller. He tells yes. stories of his Not life. He lets traditional stand-up comedian yeah. at all. And, you know, like, and then there's other stand-up comedians where they're just, you know, one-liners. Like, Anthony Jeselnik. Like, he just tells, like, one-liners that's supposed to make you, like, go, oh, like, you can't say that. Like, that's his voice. And Can I tell you something awful? I don't think he's funny at all. I, I, <laughs> I flip-flop on him. <laughs> no, I just... But, yeah, it's... But he has his voice. And I, I yeah, respect that. Here's the thing he does. Yeah, and that's fine. And it's just... There was a point with me going up on stage where I was like, I need to be this character. And, and then I was like... I, w- I told you before we started, like, you know, I practice it. Right. And I get up there, and it's not the same. It's just... it's, And it's frustrating. Yeah. But at the same time, like, do what makes you laugh. Right. And I think I want to get to a point, and it might not be stand up in front of people. It might just be this podcast where... I just enjoy it because I'm like, I'm going to just laugh the whole time anyway. Right. And, you know, it's people who know me know I stress about things too much, but they can see how much I love comedy. Like, right. I'm a student of the game. Like, it's you throw comedy at me, you know, even if it's not something I like, I'll try to dissect it. And it seems like I'm being very analytical about comedy, but it's just because I enjoy it that much. And I want to see, like, I, I'm the kind of person you take me to open mic. I'll laugh at everybody's jokes because... Not it's you know half nervous laughter because you know you're you've been up there before too you kind of understand it. like you don't want to make them feel bad yeah but you get what they're trying to get at and you're right. seeing it too and you're like oh yeah well I might have done it this way but I get I get what you're going for man right. like and I think that's I think that's what's lost on people is you know I was at an open mic the one that I went to that it was two in the morning the show kind of got killed by um some like random British kids I cannot write this like to make it up like British kids from like they were working in American summer camp and they came in and just did not understand the concept of a comedy show. And they were interrupting it, thinking they could interact with everybody. Like asking questions. And yeah. Stuff. Like, or just like <laughs> talking amongst themselves. And then like, it came a point where, you know, the comedian on stage would be like bantering them, banter back. And it was sort of funny, but at the same time, it was a complete disruption and everybody after them. Sort of it. funny, but I bet he wouldn't have, he didn't go there being like, you know what I'll do? I'll just talk to random people in the crowd who want to ask me questions. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure you've had that too. And that's just the nature of performance. People want to be a part of it. Uh, with music, it's always requests. Yeah. Play, play this. And I'm like, hey, somebody asked, play, you know any Prince right after Prince died? Yeah. And I, I took such great pleasure I, in telling them, I hate Prince. I remember, I remember I you tweeted Prince. that or put it on Facebook. Well, it's awful. It, it's funny. I remember I saw you guys play at Belafonte Cafe. Or yeah. Belafonte. I can't remember off the top of my head how that's pronounced. Um, do you remember who came in when we were there? No. It I was probably a, should. Was it, it was, the old guy? No. It was no. this uh, campaign, like this local like oh, comptroller yeah. kind of thing. And so people listening, you might know this because we went to the University of Delaware. It was the hug a cop guy. He was running for some local office. Right. I remember that. And his one of his campaign people was smashed yes, and she was I do a remember mess. That. She was incredibly drunk and she kept coming up to you guys and she kept trying to like hug Jen while yes. she was playing. And she was, she was fantastic. requesting like Blondie or something like that. It was, uh, it was a mess, but like she thought that show was for her. Yes. <laughs> she was, she was enjoying herself. Yes. Yeah. But we were just watching and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> Like What's nobody, gonna happen? nobody else gets to enjoy it now. Like you can't enjoy it on stage. Like even if that's like your yeah. night, because she's disrupting it. We can't enjoy it because we're watching a trade wreck. We're sort of enjoying it, but this sort yeah. of enjoying it like a car wreck. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I felt so bad for the guy, but at the same time, he was the hug a cop guy. So I was like, I would never vote for him anyway. 
Like, what a horrible use of resources. Yeah. I'm I remember a them. hug you too. Like, fuck I remember you. them because I was like, as soon as they came in, they were all dressed like they had been doing some sort of campaigning. Yeah. You know, and I don't remember if they had like buttons or stickers or something, but they were all obviously together. And they looked like they were. It looked like a really sad, depressing, like mini version of like a post-election party. Yeah, they're like, "All right," like handed out yeah. high fives, like with the banner behind that says, "Like we won." Yeah, <laughs> and then realized, "Oh shit, this woman is like barely able to stand drunk." Yeah, and um, and then yeah, she she wanted to like give out hugs and all that kind of stuff, and it, those kind of things they just happen, and you're just like, I. All right, <laughs> I yeah. guess we'll just play the next one or yeah. whatever. And then the dude asks for Prince or whatever, and I'm like, I, sorry, I will never play a yeah. Prince cover, not as a request, and not for myself, but and not also, for anyone. See you guys play. I've never thought to myself, you know what they would be. You know what they the... need to play? Yeah. Purple Rain. Yeah, like <laughs> they're not gonna follow up like a Kenny Loggins song with fucking Prince, like. <laughs> Just because they're playing something of that era doesn't mean it's like we're at the we play the '80s night all of a sudden. Yeah, serious. Like, all right. Well, we've been talking for a while. I think both of us want to go get some grub, but I can't let you leave unless you play your hit song "Free Bird." (laughs) 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 No. So, why why don't you set up? I I assume you have a song in mind that you want to play, or you're just gonna? Yes, I will. Okay. Yes, I do. I think I do. Yes. Um, is it one of your originals? Or yes. Is it, oh, okay. yes. So oh, do you want to tell a little bit about the song? Uh, yes. This song is a, I would call it a country song. I wrote a lot of, this is one of the ones, I think this is the only one I've wrote like almost entirely on okay. my own. And this one, I actually f- had done like two thirds of it and was like, okay, well, I need one more verse, you know? And, and I was just at a kind of a stumped point. And um, I took my son uh, to karate. And great I was place sitting there, yes, where, where all great art happens on Kirkwood Highway, the yeah. karate studio next to Hooters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was sitting there, and there was, like, this Indian lady two seats down, and then some mom who was, like, smacking her kid on the head. And... All of a sudden, I went, oh, shit. And, like, all these people looked at me, and I was like, sorry. I love like, karate. Right, I love karate. Look Did you see kids. that kid break that piece of wood? <laughs> Look at these kids go. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, I got it. Yeah. And I, and I just, like, wrote it down, and it, I've had I've told that story before, and somebody was like, you wrote a song without an instrument? And I was like, well, when you've written most of it, and you know the melody in your head, yeah. and you know what it sounds like, and you know what it is that you want to do, and kind of where you want to go... Like sometimes, and when we're writing, sometimes we'll just substitute, just like plug in words yeah, and just be like, just, just put a word there. And at some point you'll go, aha, you know, and the word that you need will come to you. And, uh, yes, I was sitting there in the karate studio next to Hooters and finished this up. All right. Well, next time I need some comedy inspiration, we go watch some kids play karate. But or just go hang out yeah. at Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there a name for the song? Yes, it's called "The Devil, the Midwest, and Me." Okay. So this is James Johnson. Give him a second. He's gonna take off his microphone. He's picking up his guitar. So we're getting, I guess, a third of Edgewater Avenue would be yes, there. Okay. Third of, third of Edgewater Avenue, playing an original song. 
All right, he's gonna move the mics. Apologize if this isn't the best recording studio, no, but okay. we're we're gonna do it acoustic. This is a studio session, it's so really high ceilings. Yeah, so, so whenever you're ready. Played to an audience of me and a dog, so it's not your smallest, apparently. But <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not but I really like that song. I'm not sure if I've heard that one, but um, 
I I hope it picked up well on the mics. I'm not sure. This isn't you know recording studio or by any means, but uh, no, that was really great. And I encourage anybody who uh, lives in the Delaware area. I mean, I think you guys mostly have only been playing like Wilmington area as of yeah, now. Yeah, mostly, mostly. Yeah, love to give you up to Philly sometime if possible, but yes, that would be uh, that would be ideal. Yeah, I'll I'll keep my ears up. But if you're in the Delaware area, I've seen him play. You heard a little preview. Great band, Edgewater Avenue. You got a third of that uh, trio, but you know I, I really enjoy it. So, James, before we go, do you have any upcoming shows you want to plug or anything like yeah, that, or plugs. maybe CDs? Yeah, plugs. CDs, CDs, and plugs. Um, you can find us on Facebook if you go to Facebook www. Well, you forgot http http colon forward double forward slash. Yeah. Edgewater Avenue on Facebook. That's E D G E Water uh, Avenue. If you can't spell Avenue, I'm. I I look at you spell a couple and then you're like, wait a second. Wait a second. I don't want someone who can't spell Edge to come. Uh, Edgewater Avenue on Facebook. There's a link there to our Bandcamp page that has all our recordings on there, most of the songs that we've written, and there's information on there. The next show that we're playing will be actually on Saturday at the Newark food and brew festival downtown in newark where the main opener for the susquehanna floods right at academy in maine at 3 30 p.m on saturday i think next week i think we're playing at argila and then after that i think our next gig is going to be august at the belfont cafe but all that stuff gets listed on the facebook page and you can find it on that's great because there's a good chance i don't get around to (laughs) i I actually thought about that i was like he's going to ask when the next show is and i'm going to be like it's three days before you actually heard (laughs) yeah but check him out on facebook They're, they're doing shows all the time um so if you're listening you know a year from now um, maybe when I get really famous and people want to look at, listen to the crap that I put out before. <laughs> um, no, th- that'll be outdated, but these guys won't stop playing, so definitely check no. them out. Um, one of my favorite local bands, not even just because I know someone in the band, but, uh, you know, uh, you consider me a groupie. We're going to get it on a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. Check out Edgewater Avenue on Facebook and keep listening to Bear Garden Shuffle. Thank you. <laughs>